Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Wish America listeners, welcome to my 523rd ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week was Lionel Messi's dramatic game-winning goal in his Inter-Miami debut on Friday night. Uh, That ending on his penalty kick showed that he is worth every penny and you can't help but wonder now is this finally the player and the moment in time which will elevate the MLS Major League Soccer uh, and the sport itself the league and the sport to become a mainstream American sport literally the fifth league so to speak Uh, Of course, I'm talking football, basketball, baseball, and hockey. And if anybody can do it, it would be messy. Uh, There's been a long list of players, starting, of course, with Pele uh, back in the day. And David Beckham, of course. uh, There's been a parade of European soccer players have come over, European and beyond, of course, South American World Cup hero type soccer players and household names. Uh, And they've all had their moments, but, you know, it just seems like it's never really grabbed hold uh, the way everybody's been predicting for decades that it would, given that, uh, you know, you could go to any town in America on a Saturday morning and (laughs) you're just going to see the soccer fields packed with kids playing and parents watching. Uh, so Messi is at the perfect moment in time. And in fact, is I believe the perfect player coming off his long awaited world cup victory for Argentina. And he is in Barcelona. I've actually been to, uh, Estadio, the stadium in Barcelona. Uh, nothing quite like it. It's kind of like a section of town and, uh, and you could feel the, this a few years back, so you could still feel the spirit of Messi. I was not there for a game, but just visiting Barcelona and had the opportunity to soak up some of the uh, football fa- fever over there. And it's just, again, Messi uh, could not have had a better debut to come in uh, for an obvious uh, penalty kick after he was... Uh, 
you know, that was just, again, called for penalty kicks. There was no dispute there. And then to have him just hit that usual left-footed uh, rifle shot in the upper left corner, uh, goalie had no chance, uh, you know, given the hype uh, when he signed with Inter-Miami just about a month ago or so. So that's been building, building, building. The stars were out. Serena Williams, Kim Kardashian, LeBron. And uh, so it was just the place to be on Friday night. The game was on Apple. And uh, and so it was just really, uh, really some special stuff. Lead story everywhere. And it would be great when the day it was announced that he was wasn't even announced yet. It was a rumor. Uh, the day of or the day before, you know, I quickly checked some tickets, uh, see if he was coming to play the New England Re- Revolution or going to be down in Orlando. Uh, tickets, I remember that day, were like, you know, over a thousand in a matter of hours. They shot from pretty much face value to over a thousand based on the rumor. And I did see something last week the tickets were going for get this $110,000 which is just insane um so the messy effect will it finally be uh the thing that takes soccer to the next level we shall see my bizarre story of the week is Brian Harmon dominating the open over in Liverpool uh Rainy Liverpool, I might add, especially yesterday for the final round. Uh, No surprise, it's the UK, and that's the weather. (laughs) Um, But Brian Harmon, it's a name we're all familiar with. You know, as we now all know, he's, I think, finished in the top 10 in, like, a ridiculous number of majors in a row. Uh, Again, yeah, I wouldn't call him a household name, but yet he's a, a... guy that's been around for a while. I think he's 36 years old and just a name that, you know, we're used to seeing on the leaderboard and hasn't won in like over 2000 days. I think I read and, uh, you, you know, for him to just come out and utterly dominate basically, I think he finished Friday round two with a five stroke or thereabouts lead and basically held it and ended up winning by six. And, uh, you know, Unfortunately, uh, all hats uh, all all hats off to Brian for what he did, but unfortunately there was zero drama, and I mean zero. There was a moment where John Rom came storming back on Saturday from just barely making the cut on Friday to uh, shoot, I think, a 63, and given his uh, you know pressure play that we've gotten used to, uh, a couple. Won the Masters, won, I believe, the U.S. Open out west uh, and a couple years ago. So when he's lurking, there's reason for concern if you're the leader, i.e. Brian Harmon, but he just never wavered. Uh, Rom did, got within three strokes, I believe, kind of early yesterday, and that was that. Uh, but again, Brian Harmon just utterly dominated. Uh, great for him. Unfortunately for golf fans everywhere, we all love the drama, and there was really no drama whatsoever. Um, But the Open delivered, as always, is just for my favorite 
sports days of the year are the four rounds of the open where you just wake up in the morning. Uh, no matter how early you wake up, you flick on the TV and there it is. And you got it till early afternoon. Uh, and there's, you know, it's just a great way to wake up four days a year. Uh, that's for sure. And, uh, so it, it was, again, always interesting to watch. Um, but it's always nice to have a little drama as well. Well, my low light of the week is the Tampa Bay Rays losing first place to the Baltimore Orioles. I think they lost three out of four, uh, or the Orioles won three out of four. Uh, I think at the beginning of the month, the Orioles were something that sounds like six and a half back. Now they're like two up in the AL East. And so we're talking about, you know, an eight game or so swing in one month. That's a lot. And the Rays, uh, I spent some time down in Tampa, so was there for the hot start when they won 13 in a row. I had the pleasure of attending the 13th win in a row, a weekday matinee uh, at the Drop, Tropicana Field, where they tied the record, I believe. I believe it was a tie. Um, 13 wins in a row to start the season. So they are now just... Uh, I think they, I saw where they had one of the worst months in the club's history. So they're a good team. They've been around. They've been in the postseason uh, pretty much year in, year out recently. I expect them to rebound, but right now they're just <clears throat> in uh, in a bad in a bad place. And meanwhile, the Orioles are in. A great place. And it's nice to see the Orioles uh, back competitive. They've had so many down seasons, I couldn't even begin to guess how many it's been. They've been irrelevant. Uh, and I'll say what I've said about certain teams in many sports. Uh, when the Orioles are better, baseball's better. Just that simple. They're a terrific franchise. I grew up near Pittsburgh, so I always remember those fabulous 1971 and 1979 World Series, both of which the Buccos won, but the Orioles had those fabulous teams, as we all remember, Frank Robinson, Brooks Robinson, on and on and on, the great pitching staffs they've had, you know, Jim Palmer and the like, uh, Mike Cuellar. Uh, so again, I've been to Memorial Stadium where they used to play, and uh, I've been to Camden Yards as well. So... It's really fun to see uh, the Baltimore Orioles, uh, you know, back back in the mix in first place, no less, in what clearly is the best division in baseball, I believe. Um, and sticking with baseball, the Red Sox have been playing well, took uh, two out of three against the New York Mets in, uh, in Fenway over the weekend, and... Uh, They've been playing great leading into the All-Star break, playing pretty good since the All-Star break. And uh, so very good to see, uh, you know, the Red Sox up here in Boston. Uh, you know, when the Red Sox are playing well, uh, the city has uh, an extra spring in its step, you might say. Um, so now let's take our break. And next up is our call-in expert, weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. 
Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time here on voiceamerica.com as humans we suffer when we believe we are not good enough we are taught we must be better look better try harder and achieve more we cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness we don't have to live this way you don't have to live this way Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment two of all around sports and i'm your host john inglesby to join the show Call in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for calling in as always, and A.P., it's... Uh, late July, and football is really now in the air, the summer air, I might add. Uh, and no surprise, you've been very busy on the football front. Uh, last week, you attended uh, Pac-12 meetings out on the West Coast, and prior to that, SEC meetings uh, on the East Coast. So 
Love to hear all about them, uh, but why don't we start with the Pac-12 since that was, again, just last week, and they have the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams of USC, and uh, I'm sure our listeners would love to hear all about your experiences. Yeah, John, that was held in Las Vegas. It was the one day for the Pac-12, and really enjoyed meeting with those coaches and players, and I think that it was one of the most uh, – enjoyable experiences covering a league that I've had in quite really? some time. Mm. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, the availability was at the highest level. We had a chance to visit with a couple of players from each team. If, if you had that, um, the time and, uh, you know, you can able to set up those things. And then the coaches as well, interview the head coaches, which you don't get to do that very often one-on-one. And Correct. they were, fairly accessible, so I, I was 100% behind the Pac-12 uh, football media day in Las Vegas, and the, the location was great as well. Yeah, can't beat Las Vegas. Uh, great place to to hold them. No. AP, I'm just curious, were they held at a hotel in Vegas or yeah, at a the stadium? Yeah, nightclub, and, and that's the resort's hotel, I believe that is. Oh, Good yeah, nightclub. okay. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, yeah, so here you are. Yeah, here you are. There's a stage, and the Pac-12 Network was broadcasting live as well um, at, in, inside the nightclub. So you, if you wanted to, you would sit on those that seating that uh, I call them couches, I guess. I, that's the term I would use. And then in the center portion, of course, it had the tables going across with the chairs. But if you were able to get lucky to sit on those couches and like you were at a nightclub, and right. it had the... Uh, two coaches on, the two players on stage or the coach. That's great. Wow, I love that. Uh, and AP, as we, you know, we become accustomed to uh, in the past, you know, USC appears to be, uh, you know, the big dog again uh, out west. Uh, not only do they have, of course, Caleb Williams, reigning Heisman Trophy winner as their quarterback, but their coach is Lincoln Riley. Uh, they came as a bit of a package deal, if you will, um, to USC and AP. I'm seeing them ranked uh, top ten, if not top five, in most of the, you know, most of the polls uh, in the preseason so far. So uh, it's looking good out at uh, out in Trojan Land again. Yes, you know, John had a chance to interview Lincoln Riley, and uh, we discussed the definition of defense in this era. And really, John, we see the teams with all the NFL top draft picks like Georgia, they're giving up 40 points in a big game to Ohio State. So really, defense in this era, can you rise up to the occasion and have a stop or two at a crucial moment to to keep your team alive and have a chance to win or preserve the victory? So I I just wanted to have that discussion with him. Of course, he's on the – uh, very active in the transfer portal, been bringing in some defensive players. And, right. of course, C- Caleb Willamette as the Heisman Trophy winner. They're going to put up – they'll probably average, I'm thinking, 40-plus points uh, totally during agree. the season, uh, I would think. And, you know, they have good running backs, wide receivers, tight end. So that team, to be in the uh, college football playoff conversation, they've got to play better defense – uh, at certain times in the game to preserve these victories because you know they're going to score a lot of points, but can they hold the other team down 
you know, as we saw in the, in the Cotton Bowl, they gave up, what, 46, I guess it was, to Tulane. Was that the number? I think so, yes, and, uh, exactly. Utah, Utah, yeah, U, U, yeah, Utah beat them twice. In the Mac, Pac-12 oh, championship get, game, yeah, I believe. Yeah they're, yeah, they're trying to get back to that Pac-12 championship and be considered for the college football playoff. And one of the games is a, a semifinal would be in Los Angeles. Oh, wow, the Rose Bowl? Or oh, SoFi, uh, SoFi Stadium. I'm might guessing. Be, might be. Well, you know, it might, might be Rose Bowl. Might be Rose Bowl. Yeah. Either one is great. Doesn't matter. We all love watching games from the Rose Bowl for sure, and SoFi yeah, Stadium. Yeah, that's incredible yeah, that too. Yeah, the Rose Bowl down because the other one should be. I think the other one's in New Orleans. I believe it is. So I think, I think you might be Rose right Bowl about that. I think you're right about that. It, yeah, because last year, remember, it was Atlanta and and um, and Fiesta. Right. You know, last year it was the, the uh, Peach Bowl and the uh, Fiesta Bowl. So this year's Rose exactly. Bowl Sugar Bowl. So, yeah, it's rotating, obviously. Uh, and AP, I have to ask, speaking of Caleb Williams, was he out at the uh, at the media day, I, I'm guessing? Oh, yeah, I had a chance to visit with him. People can look at that on my Facebook page. It was about over eight minutes we had a conversation. So you can re- watch all that um, that we um we did on Friday uh, for the Pac-12 Media Day. I visited with Caleb Williams, and we had a nice conversation. Sure did. Oh, that's great. And he seems like a very, very personable guy. He, of course, is from the Washington, yeah. D.C. area. And, uh, yeah, so are you um, – you're impressed with him? He seems like a very likable yeah, I- fellow. Yeah, he was very engaging and gave thoughtful answers, every single one. Yeah, sure was. Okay. I, I, I thoroughly uh, will compliment him and his discussion with me and his interaction. I, I loved it. It was fantastic. Terrific. Terrific. Um, and then that wasn't the only uh, league that you were covering, uh, the one that you've covered for years and years and years, and you cover them all to some degree. Uh, of course, the SEC, and they had some activity recently, too. Yeah, the SEC. Now, John, that's four days, Monday through Thursday in Nashville, Tennessee. For the very first time, it was in uh, Nashville. So that was something new, and um, that's uh, more structured, and there's some time constraints. So it's, it's, it's not as, as easy um, with, with access to the head coach in the players. Right, right. Um, well, the SEC is the big dog. They can pretty much conduct them any way they want these days. Uh, you know, right. <laughs> it's just uh, incredible the heights to which they've risen. I couldn't help but be thinking of them, of course, when LSU won the College Baseball World Series and just how what a dominant conference they are. But no, no more dominant than, you know, of course – uh, football and, you, you know, their tagline or, uh, you know, it just means more is like so perfect because it does. <laughs> I've spent enough time in the South to know and you know better than anyone how, how it just means more. Right. Yeah. So it was, uh, like I say, they had three coaches one day, then four and then four and then three. That's the 14 teams. Okay. Okay. And looks like Georgia uh, you know, is kind of back on the top of the most of the preseason polls I'm seeing, and and they're you know back to back defending back to back national champions. So there's no surprise there. Although there'll be 
needing a different quarterback this year. Yes, yes, probably Carson Beck with Brock Vandergriff in the reserve role at this point, but Georgia has recruited well over the years. They've shown they can develop players. We just don't know their names uh, nationally um, because they've been in reserve roles. Correct. But, I'm, you know, I know they have a lot of talent, and Kirby Smart and his staff do a fantastic job with player development. So we'll see. But it's a different year, John, and you never know how a quarterback is going to react in a team as well in a crucial situation, two, three minutes, you're behind, you have to tie the game, you have to, you're trying to go ahead, you're trying to take the lead, but you just don't know if they're going to have that chemistry and uh, the performance is going to be efficient in those later stages of the game. Exactly, AP, yeah, or they're going to have the duende, as I like to call it. Uh, uh, <laughs> shout out to for, former and famous Boston Globe columnist, uh, Ray Fitzgerald, who I knew back in the day, and uh, he he used to use, love the word duende, and uh, which means charisma. That's something special. And uh, special duende. Exactly, and uh, and yeah, you, you don't know until they're on the field, and you really don't even know until you get in a tight spot in the last couple minutes of a game, and that's what separates the good from the great. Needless to say. Um, yeah, those legendary moments, John, right? No, no doubt about it, AP. No doubt about it. Uh, well, that just sounds fabulous that you got to attend uh, those back-to-back Na- Nashville, great city to hold uh, the media days in. I was seeing them, you know, all over ESPN and whatnot. Kirby Smart, Nick Saban. I have to ask as we close out this segment, Alabama. Uh, it's not, are they going to be good? It's how good are they going to be? Right. Right, John. I don't see any number one draft choices at the wide receiver position. They've had the luxury, we've discussed as many times, of four on the team at once and actually producing, not just on the team and waiting in the wings. All targets of their quarterbacks during the season making huge plays, explosive plays. You know, that's in, in receiving it's usually 15 or 20 plus yards. Sure, sure. Well, it's, uh, you know, they'll be great. No doubt about it. Top five minimum. They always are. And that's exactly where we're seeing them in the polls. That's what we're used to seeing. And that is sure to continue. Nick Saban's still there. That's need. Need we say more, right? <laughs> no, that's, that's good. Yeah. They'll, they'll be good. We'll, we'll see if they can challenge Georgia or whoever's going to win that uh, SEC each. They, they have to win that West first. They LSU was the team of, um, Destiny last year with Brian Kelly coming in as a first-year coach. Exactly, exactly. Well, AP, great job as always. We appreciate you sharing, uh, well, number one, just attending all these meetings and you know benefiting us, uh, me, and the, your listeners with all the uh, y- you know in-person uh, takes on these various uh, conferences. And now I'm excited about college football and uh it'll be here before you know it uh but ap why don't we take our first break together we still have a lot more to get to on the other side so don't go anywhere voice america is on your favorite smart speaker if you have alexa or google home go ahead and give us a try hey alexa play finding your frequency podcast on TuneIn. 
Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. It's a big buck summer this week on The Revolution as three of the heaviest whitetail hitters join Jim and Trav for some epic antler-dropping action. First up will be the venison reaper Michael Lee of Backwoods Life, then the Kansas drop-tine cowboy Tom McMillan from McMillan, and finally the Baja backstrap wheeler Scott Newby with Yamaha. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And AP, last segment we talked about your having attended two college football media days, uh, the SEC up in Nashville, Pac-12 out in Vegas. And AP, we closed the previous segment talking about the SEC, which of course is in your wheelhouse and, uh, we touched on, you know, Georgia and Alabama, but AP, they're just, they're all good. All the teams, LSU, we did briefly touch on them as maybe the favorite, which is almost shocking, or let's just say right there with Alabama as a favorite uh, in the SEC West. But yeah, Brian Kelly, he really had, uh, you, you know, good ending to the season last year and it seems like they're coming into this year on a bit of a roll yeah lsu Jaden daniels their transfer quarterback from arizona state he had tremendous growth from the first game against florida state where essentially he was running around in the backfield looking for the receivers to um when they beat alabama and with the two-point conversion in the overtime and right. then, uh, they ended up uh 
you know, playing in the bowl game and demolishing Purdue. And so they had a, a really successful season to win that SEC Western Division in Brian Kelly's first year as he made the transition from Notre Dame. So they're LSU fans. They're so excited. And the players Absolutely. Well to, to, to be challenging uh, to win that SEC Western Division again and reach the SEC championship game in Atlanta. Yeah, and AP, you know, I have to ask a question. You may know it off the top of your head. Uh, you, you know, in recent years, going back a few years, but, you know, there was a couple of years uh, in a row, not all that long ago, where, you know, LSU-Alabama was the de facto national championship game. Are they meeting again this year? I'm assuming they are. Yeah, the, yeah, in the SEC Western Division, so they'll meet up again. That'll be in November in Tuscaloosa. I believe that's the first Saturday in November. I think that's the 4th of November, actually. Okay, Tuscaloosa. Yeah, it's always in early November, it seems. Uh, okay, so Edge, Alabama there. It's in Tuscaloosa. Start with that. Um, so that, that'll be interesting. And AP, who else do you see in the SEC West? Again, they're all good. Even the bad teams are good, so to speak. Um, right. who, who do you see as uh, coming up? behind uh, Alabama and yeah. LSU in the SEC West? Yeah, well, I think overall, I mean, Texas A&M has the best talent uh, of right. those other teams besides Alabama and LSU. They're brought in Bobby Petrino, the former head football coach at the University of Arkansas, among other places that he uh, led, led their teams. But he's going to call the offensive plays. He had that marriage with Jimbo Fisher, we're going to see if it's uh, something that is uh, – fruitful or is it going to uh, fall apart in a short amount right. of time? But they're counting sure. on Bobby Petrino to revive that offense because they have the the players with speed and size and ability. And, you know, Connor Wigman was a top dual threat quarterback and uh, they have Smith back. He's a running back wide receiver, catch, can catch a lot of passes, Stewart and uh, Mohammed and all these different people. So, uh, on that side of the ball, I mean, you should be able to, they should be averaging 35 points minimum, minimum. Correct. Yeah. For last year, they scored 30 just twice in the twenties. You know, they scored 20 against the university of Massachusetts and they scored 20 points against the university of Alabama. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They've been up and down to put it mildly. And, uh, yeah, something's not right. Something's not right. If you look at those two games, I tend to agree. Absolutely. AP. I do agree. Um, so Ole Miss, I saw Lane Kiffin uh, right. pontificating about, uh, I think, the transfer portal or NIL or one or both, uh, you know, during yeah. the media days that you covered. And, you know, they're in the mix. I mean, you know, they feel a consistently good team. And uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, they started off 7-0, and John. And then I was at the game, I believe it was the first loss. They were winning 17-3, to 20-3 in Baton Rouge. Ended up losing, I think it was like 45 to 20, something like that, where they just fell apart uh, totally. I mean, it collapsed. And they ended up 1 and 5 for the rest of the year, 8 and 5 record after starting off 7 and 0. So they've, they've got uh, some soul searching to see what they can do to finish strong. I mean, if you're, if, if you're um, Ole Miss last year and you went 3 and 3, you'd be a 10 and 3 season last season. Mm hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, they're, they're always a fun team to watch. You know, I always yeah, enjoy Yeah, they, they have, you know, Quinshawn Judkins, the running back, John Freshman from Pike, Pike um, 
County, Alabama High School, uh, 1,500 plus yards as a freshman. Wow. It's, it's probably him and Rocket Sanders of Arkansas, the two best running backs. Rocket's about 6'2, 235, and uh, uh, Judkins about 215, 5'11 or so, 215. But, uh, and then he brought in some receivers, and then, of course, two transfer quarterbacks Sanders from Oklahoma State and LSU quarterback uh, uh, Walker Howard, I believe his name is. So, you know, and Jackson Dart, he transferred from USC, he played fairly well. Last season, gave it the ball a few times, too many probably, to suit Lane Kiffin. So he he brought in those two transfers to give that quarterback room some more competition. But uh, Ole Miss, we know that if Lane Kiffin is, is the leader of the team, they can score points. Correct. Efficient enough to beat most teams. But it's that defense. Can you rise up at the on the on certain occasions to preserve a victory, to give their team another chance to – have the go-ahead lead or tie the game up or something, but it's on that defensive side of the ball. All these coaches, they know offense, John, but that's only that's only one uh, phase of the ball of the game. Absolutely, no doubt about it. AP and Lane Kiffin indeed knows offense. Hey, AP, just switching back to the SEC East, we have of course Georgia, the big dog, uh, yeah. but Florida always interested in the Gators. Uh, what do you see as their right. prospects for this year? Yeah, Graham Mertz, you know, came uh, down from Wisconsin, transfer quarterback. He, he right. had a spectacular college career, so I'm of the opinion I'm going to have to – I'm going to be uh, cautiously optimistic if he can perform with Florida to make a difference for them um, because, you know, they're playing against Georgia and SEC East. You're playing against Tennessee. Joe Milton transferred from Wisconsin – Joe, Joe Miller third. So, John, it's interesting. I was just thinking about this. Michigan State has the quarterback uh, transfer to Auburn. Right. Michigan quarterback transferred to Tennessee uh, a couple years ago. And then you have Wisconsin quarterback transferred. And then you have the Notre Dame quarterback. So you got all these, what's that, about four or five of them from the Midwest coming to the SEC. AP, you said it perfectly. I was thinking that the minute you said uh you know, the Wisconsin quarterback had transferred uh, to Gainesville. It's AP. I'd like to, you know, think you and I were pretty far out in front of the, both the transfer and the NIL. We were talking about it when it was just uh, ideas, shall we say, or in their infancy. Right. And here we are in AP. You just said it perfectly. I mean, pretty much every school we're bringing up we're talking about a transfer and uh and when you're talking right. quarterback you're talking a big deal so we've arrived ap we've arrived where the impact of the transfer portal is being fully felt across the college football landscape yeah john and it's it's amazing they're coming from the power conferences you know pac-12 usc quarterback at Ole Miss, and then spencer rattler from oklahoma the uh, Big 12, and we mentioned all those other quarterbacks from the Big 10 and, of course, the Midwest Notre Dame. So sure. that's a substantial amount of quarterbacks coming from uh, other parts of the country uh, for top programs, actually. Oh, no question, AP. It's like free agency has arrived in college football yeah. um, and basketball or college sports in general. And so it's just, uh, you know, kind of amazing that we've gotten here, but uh, – but yeah, the Gators. AP, as we close out this segment, do you see anybody? Do you see the? Who do you see as the uh, second best team in the SEC East? If if it's not the Gators, 
Yeah, Tennessee. Ten- Tennessee, um, Tennessee, of uh, course. Yeah, Tennessee Sorry. with Joe Milton III and Josh Heupel, his his, yeah. his prolific offense, and Brew McCoy, the yeah. wide receiver who transferred from USC years ago. So he'll be there. Um, and I just think they're the team to really challenge the Bulldogs of Georgia. You know, South Carolina's in the wings as well with Spencer Rattler. They, they yep. have some defensive issues, just like all those teams on that side. Uh, in all across football, really, uh, defensively, oh, we're playing these teams that are averaging 40 points. No doubt about it, AP. It's, uh, you, you know, it's just the way it is now. I mean, and in the NFL, too. And, again, just uh, just as a bit of a teaser, you know, you talked about college football, some of the great running backs out of uh, Arkansas and, I believe, Ole Miss – um, yep. But AP, we all know about the devaluation of the running backs in the NFL uh, to the point where Saquon is sitting out, of course, uh, or will he or won't he? We'll know tomorrow, apparently. And uh, But AP, uh, you know, they held a Zoom call with all the big name running backs from Derrick Henry, who you know well, <laughs> right on through to Josh Jacobs and everywhere in between just to talk about what has happened to the position of running back in the NFL. But AP, why don't we save that for after this segment? Uh, Cause it's a fascinating topic to me. And uh, let me just end by saying, I don't think that running back is devalued yet in college football in any way, shape or form. Do you agree? Uh, yes, I agree, John. Yes. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's just, Yeah. College football and running backs, uh, you know, go hand in hand. And I don't expect we're going to see that anytime soon. But it does seem to have arrived in the NFL. Anyway, we'll get to that topic uh, after this break. So don't go anywhere. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. At Voice America TRN. Millions of people do not have children. Around the world, becoming a parent may be an unrealized dream and increasingly a deliberate choice. Yet our experiences remain largely unacknowledged across cultures, families, and friendships. Unconscious bias in public and workplace policy, media narratives, and educational content often renders us invisible. New Legacy Radio reveals these missing stories through the perspectives of our community and allies as we work to achieve meaningful change that recognizes our true and diverse experiences. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. 
Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to the fourth and final segment of all around sports i am your host john inglesby and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is this Wednesday night at 9 a.m., 9 p.m., excuse me, Eastern, when the U.S. women's national soccer team takes on the Netherlands in what should just be a great game. Uh, Netherlands won uh, their game, so... Uh, they're both coming in on a bit of a roll. Of course, U.S. women's team uh, beat Vietnam last week. And uh, so, yeah, this is a big match. And uh, and they're a great team, to say the least, going for their third in a row. So, AP, that should be fun. It's a different form of football than what we used to, we typically talk about. But U.S. women's yeah. team, they're, they're like breaking through on uh, – they're elevating women's sports to a gigantic degree, to put it mildly. Yeah, and, I, you know, it's up to the women to be the main supporters, I think. That's Correct. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Women should support the other women. And, uh, you know, the men are going to watch some sports, I can guarantee you, right, John? They're going to watch some sports. But oh, no, it's up no to doubt the women about to, it. to really increase that number. Yeah, and AP, you and I have covered, I cover the Connecticut Sun, as just as an example, uh, in yeah. the WNBA down at, Mo- you know, down at Mohegan and Arena where I, uh, lived very close for years, and you know it, it's great. Uh, I loved it. Covered their media days, numerous games, playoff games, you name it, dozens of games. And uh, you have to. And uh, UConn women, on and on and on. Um, so I think it's great watching the U.S. women's national soccer team, and uh, they're going to own the stage here for the next couple weeks. They kind of got it to them. Not to themselves, but they're going to be getting their fair share of the sports stage coming right. up, no doubt. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, yeah, this is their moment. It, it is their moment. They're, they're chasing history. But, AP, we talked last segment at the end about running backs in the NFL. AP, it's pretty incredible, as you know. Uh, uh, grew up near Penn State, lifelong fan, and Saquon Barkley is one of my all-time favorite players. That's saying something. When you're talking Penn sure State, is, yeah. and he's looking at you know, and not to mention he's from Whitehall near uh, near Allentown, and uh, I spent a lot of time in Allentown, so he's a legend there as he is far far beyond. But AP, he's it's just as you know, he, he's become the poster child for what's going on where NFL running backs are suddenly it seems. It's been leading up to it, but now suddenly it's it's at a crossroads. And they held a Zoom call, apparently, the top running backs in the league, to 
discussed it amongst themselves. Um, Josh Jacobs, uh, uh, you know, another one who's, I'm not sure if he's holding out, but he's not happy. <laughs> God's safe to say. But what are your thoughts, AP? It's, we yeah, grew up yeah, with well, you know, this is just a transitional period. I mean, the, the NFL yes. in the last, oh, how, what would you say, John, a decade, maybe decade and a half leading up, this is a pass, it's a passing league. The most important Correct. position is the quarterback. No doubt. After that, you know, you got to get your offensive line to protect your quarterback. And you're looking at your receivers. And your receivers, uh, you know, you can get receivers, good ones, on the second and third round. Running backs, Correct. you're not not every team has a running back that is getting the ball 25 times. They're, they're a, um, a secondary feature of the offense. You want them to be able to, some of them run between, between the tackles, get outside every once in a while on the edge, and then also catch passes out of the backfield. So that's just the evolution of what more you can do. You, I mean, that, that's just the facts. It is. The facts are the facts, and that's exactly what's happened, AP. It's all about the quarterback and the passing game, and it, it's amazing. It's been brewing for a while, close to a decade, as you said, but yet here we are, and it seems like it just happened overnight in the same, you know, and it just uh, is the moment in time where, you know, it's a Saquon Barkley, it's a Josh Jacobs, two of the best backs in the league that suddenly, you know, are in contract years, and um it's kind of incredible. Again, it, it feels like it snuck up on us, although we've all been wit- witnessing it for many years now. It's the devaluation. Uh, but the NFL without running backs is, uh, and, you know, we all grew up on running backs from Jim Brown to, you know, Emmett Smith and everybody in between. Um, right. And, yeah. And John, you know, before everybody was within reach of maybe going over that 2000 yard mark and, Pushing the record Correct. up up further, and but now who who who's going to get two thousand yards? Derrick Henry maybe because they give him the ball quite a bit probably. But I, I mean, you know, this is after some so many years he's been in the league. Maybe that's going to de- decline as well the number of carries. So I don't see how you can continue the same salary if the running back is not the featured player on the team. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it kind of turns the game upside down to a certain degree. Again, it's been building towards it, but now it's like, uh, you know, the moment has arrived where, uh, you know, things are getting decided, you know, uh, and again, Saquon just seems like to be suddenly, you know, the man in the middle, shall we say. Um, Right. And it's not yeah, it's, not his mo. It's climaxed with him. Yeah, it's climaxed with his situation. Yeah, and oh, by, oh, by the way, it's in New York City, so that elevates it. Uh, media capital of the world, and it's just getting tremendous coverage, uh, as as you would expect it would. And uh, yeah, and Derrick Henry. I mean, I think I heard something that like he's av- he, he's available to be traded. Like, it just seems crazy. Two years ago, he was like the most dominant player in the league, it felt like. Right. So. But, you know, coaches now, they, I think coaches realize you don't need the best back to win a Super Bowl. I mean, does Kansas City have the best back, or does Kansas City have a running back in the top ten, John? That's it, AP. That, that, that's a, probably a really good example, especially when you factor in Patrick Mahomes. And, yeah, that's exactly what it's become. 
Um, and yeah, it's top, a brutal position. Top five or ten tight end. Correct. Tight end. The rise of tight ends is that a, is a factor. You know, quote short passes to pick up the you know whatever two three four yards that running backs used to pick up. But AP, right. it's uh, yeah, no, it, it's really just uh, quite the conundrum, and it's gonna you know plus it's a brutal position where injuries are just rampant, of course. And we all know because of those injuries very often, you, you know, and the brutality of that position, the beating they take, they often last three, four years, which, of course, is the end of their rookie contract. Not a coincidence. So we right. shall see, yeah. AP. But, you know, I have to ask, as we all do sometimes in certain things, how did we reach this point? <laughs> that's, a, that's where my right, final right. thought is. <laughs> right, so. right. Um, but we're at, you know, go ahead. it's just like I say, offenses change over time, and yep. I, like I said, I think it's been the last. Oh, I'm thinking minimum maybe 15 that this is a passing league. That's it. It's just that simple, AP. It's not about the running backs. It's about the quarterbacks and becoming a passing league. You just said it perfectly. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, John, look look at the top. I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head, but. Let's look at some of the teams who are in the playoffs. Do they have a top running back, top 10 running back? Right. Philadelphia. Yeah. Do they have a top running back? Uh, Miles Sanders, Saquon Barley's backup at Penn State. Saquon Barkley's backup at Penn State. Uh, But AP, unfortunately, we can't do a deep dive on this because we've actually come to the end of the show. But you brought up a great example. Again, uh, Philadelphia Eagles um, and the Chiefs, of course, two Super Bowl teams from last year. AP, it bears watching, and I just want to thank you, as always, for calling in today. Your expertise and reporting from SEC and Pac-12 Media Days is awesome. So thanks again for calling in, as always. Hey, thank you, John. It was my pleasure. And thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend and we'll talk sports again next week.